What's the one thing more than anything else you need in the third if you're to close this out tonight? Shot, 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 shots. Pucks on net with traffic mixed in, go. right? There you go. If you're not drunk, ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh, get ready to get drunk. 60% off Let's discount right now, uh-huh. and uh, proceeds go to a translator for Alex Girls. That's awesome. You know what I remember with Nazi? He had beautiful blonde hair, too. Yeah. And it was always nicely calm. It's not like Alex Edler's Justin Bieber kind of no, no. old over, but... It's more natural, yeah. like more old-school blonde. He's hair. a little older, so... Yeah, we got some clouds. We got some clouds coming in. <laughs> we got a big ocean to That's uh, right. Big ocean. Let me, let me ask the questions. <laughs> let me ask the questions. Your uh, beautiful wife, Nancy, is expecting her first child fairly soon. Uh, a girl, I believe. Are you, are you prepared to be a father? And what, do, what about all those uh, degrading comments you've used towards women the last few years? <laughs> wow. Like, you're French, obviously, and, and you and Nancy have a pretty passionate relationship. Uh, <laughs> I've heard about some of the stories and all that. Will having a child around affect that? Will you keep the romance in your relationship? Well, you know, once you're French, you're always French for life. And a uh, romantic guy... Um, daughter all about the French cuisine and um, the French kiss that's for sure okay well you know what you, you two turn me on <laughs> okay let's talk about you hi everybody it's your heritage minute for the month hi Jackson how are you guys doing? We're good. I'm good. We're, Elliot's good. Uh, Elliot's good. Elliot's good. How about you, Vias? You doing good? <laughs> uh, I hope I'm doing good. Okay. Uh, it's February. Yeah, uh, it's February today. Pretty, it's, pretty it's, sure it's February it's, uh, now. Um, uh, I, I hope I had a good birthday uh, three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I also hope that. Yeah, it, it'll yeah. be fun. Uh, Hopefully. With Alex Ald, Donald Brashear, and uh, Brent Sopel. Yeah, so obviously, uh, if you listen to the last Heritage Minute, you know that it is not actually February where, where we are. We are addressing you from the past on January 2nd, 2021. So um, greetings. Hope the future is going well for you guys. Um, we are here this month to discuss an incident that I have never actually put up for vote on the Twitter account. But I assume will generate a ton of interest, which is, of course, the uh, famous slash infamous Kevin Bieksa Fedor Fedorov fight from, I believe, 2004 um, that basically gave us Kevin Bieksa's career. I'm excited to talk about it. I think the two of you are both excited to talk about it. But that's right. Obvious starting point here is just with the man himself. Kevin Bieksa, uh, what do you guys think of when you hear that name? Uh, it's 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 difficult to know where to start, but I'll I'll give you guys the floor here. Uh, funniest Canuck of all time. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I for sure. I I think uh, I think that's not mentioned much, but like I think people are probably quicker to mention Luongo, but like Bieksa can just like can carry it all the time. Yes. Uh, he makes me want to watch uh, the intermissions again. Because it's the mo- it's the most interesting that hockey analysis has ever been for me. Yes, um, yeah. and that is I, for I will say too, uh, just to interject that um, that is why wait, he used to play for us too. What? <laughs> that uh, that that is why I 
wanted to do this episode and what gave me the the idea to initially do it. I feel like a couple, like a few months ago now, or God, probably even back in the in the summer um, was just seeing him on the broadcast and being like, you know, I guess for some people it may have been a surprise or they may have been impressed or whatever. But I think for for certainly for all of us and for a lot of people in Vancouver, it was like, oh, yeah, of course, he's great at this. It, it was never uh, it was never a surprise to me. The the breaking down plays and stuff was admittedly like better than I maybe would have expected. But like the thing with Kevin Biaxa and the thing that sort of is a contrast with Roberto Luongo is that like Kevin Biaxa isn't a good poster. Um, he's actually yeah. infamously a really bad poster and uh, blocked everybody on Twitter. <laughs> and, it made, and it made Jason Botchford really mad. Um, <laughs> like back in the day, that was a big storyline in like 2015. I feel like K block um, was his nickname. Um, Cause you just block people for no reason, which I, in retrospect kind of feel like was a bit oh, maybe like, yeah. like he just thought it was funny to just block people for no reason. Um, Especially since everyone just got so mad about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but the thing with Kevin Bieksa is that he's just it's not just that he's funny. He's just incredibly like charming and witty and um, just a, an electric personality. And you could see that from from dating back to his like earliest player interview. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's great on the broadcast. And the other thing that's great about it, too, I should add, is it just feels so nice to have. So like not only a Canuck represented on a national broadcast, like a former Canuck, but just like someone who very much captures the Canucks and Canucks mm-hmm. fandom and like what the market is like, which I feel like, you know, Kevin Bieksa is a type of hockey guy, a type of hockey fan. Like he he's indicative of a type of hockey player, a type of hockey fan as well. That is kind of underrepresented in, um, in media. And so it's nice to have like a guy on the broadcast that sort of feels like he is, um, I guess, kind of has ties to this market, which is a huge market and is huge in terms of interacting online with the broadcast, mm-hmm. but not really ever getting anything back the other way nationally when we get so much from the local Sportsnet um, broadcast with with Dan and, and John and John and stuff. So. Yeah, it's nice to see it represented nationally. This is this is absolutely like the second generation of the first kind of win we had for this of having Canucks representation on national TV was when our boy our boy uh, Mark Messier got the Lays ads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, special for us. <laughs> Tremendously, yeah. Tremendously. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is kind of like we 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 all hate hate ourselves as Canucks fans and. And I uh, think we've gone through so much trauma. So yeah, see, seeing a guy actually on the hot stove and be funny and and turn back at people. And it's cathartic too because this team was so hated. And yeah. so it's nice to kind of see him get on the broadcast and like have oh, people yeah. like him and and also just like feel like because because it just the discourse around that team was so bad. And so frustrating, and it's nice. And like, I get to... why Bieksa, or not Bieksa, I get why Kessler and Burroughs and Lapierre are hated. I do not get the like Hanson, Bieksa, Luongo tier. No, no, that's never made any sense, and it's always it's been, been a media creation, and it was always, it always stemmed from the real reality of why the Canucks were hated. It's, it's really, really because simple. they were good. 
um, well, it, it's not just because they were good. It's because for a, for a very sh- sh- like brief period of time there, they were clowning on the rest of the NHL like in a way that was that that people thought made a mockery of the game, you know, and yeah. and it wasn't and it was it was top down. Like it starts with the fact that Mike Gillis made a name for himself as like outside of um, his playing career, which didn't go very well. He made a name for himself uh, working it, uh, on the prosecution for the Alan Eagleson case. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was not, he just made enemies immediately. And then when he made it into the NHL as an executive, he had had a long history of being a player agent. And so everyone hated him. And it was just one of those things where it was like, everyone hated Mike Gillis. Um, and so he could never get favorable coverage um, people. And it just kind of, um, it just kind of snowballs from there. Right. Like, um People and just so, hate hyperbaric chambers in this league. <laughs> yeah. But that, it. it really was like, it, it was very much like, I think a sort of um, kind of symptom of, or a version of the like, Oh, the coastal elites don't understand middle America kind of thing, but for hockey in Canada, um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it extends on top of the, the way that the rest of Canada looks at Vancouver anyways. Absolutely. Like, we, we, yeah. As a small city, though, we still think we're better than everybody else. Uh, we're randomly California in the rest of Can- the rest of uh, Canada. Yeah, uh, d- yeah, we're really snobby about it. Uh, so, it makes sense to me. Yeah, but, no, but Mike Gillis definitely like ups the ante on. There's that. a lot of elements to it. Like, I think a big part of it is that can um, BC and Alberta just hate each other so much. Yeah. And that it kind of like snowballs from there Um, because like ultimately, like I remember John Cullen talking about the 2011 team on an episode of RGS, like back in the day. Um, I think it was the botch episode, actually, where he was just like, I just didn't care that much. And I just resented the like Canada's team stuff, which is totally fair. Like everyone should resent that, like. I I, yeah. I make no although I, I also thought that it was kind of weird how like uh, Vancouver didn't really have a Canada's team like it was something the least it. of any team to ever get yeah, that totally um, but but I, I I think like ultimately really out east I don't think people cared that much but it was like the there's a there's a few teams in in Canada there's like at back then I think there was like what six teams in Canada because there's seven now right yeah yeah and so you've got six teams in Canada Canada and two of them are in Alberta and they absolutely hate Vancouver and I think that just kind of that kind of poisoned the well as well uh, yeah I, I think and I think I think Vias is right too but I think that that plays a role also, the last big thing Vancouver did was uh, the Bertuzzi incident. So, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Some of the stuff it's so it's so weird to think of like the way people hold grudges, you know? Because because like I don't give a shit about the Chicago Blackhawks now. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, it's just weird to me that people would would hold on to stuff like that. I hate that the long. song more than I do the team. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of still hate Duncan Geith, obviously, but like, but that's what it is, right? Like, it's like, I hate the Bruins because Brad Marchand is still on the Bruins, but like, 
once all those guys are gone, I'm not going to give a shit about the Bruins anymore. Really? Like now that Char is gone, it's like, eh. yeah, it's already kind of, yeah, exactly. But anyways, this is a, a major digression. Um, once Vince Vaughn is no longer a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I watched about an hour of Kevin Bieksa, um, just clips, random clips uh, for, for preparation for this episode. So I, I will come in later on when we're kind of, when you guys have, you know, reached the end of your ropes or whatever, cause I feel like I'm going to have a lot to, to talk about, but what are, what are some incidents that stick in your minds uh, from his time in Vancouver? I mean, the obvious is obviously the stanching goal, but that's, that's sure. yep. pretty boring. Um, or at least not a lot to talk about there because it's the obvious. Yeah, one. of course, it's an obvious one, but that's fair. I it's fu- it's funny because that's not what I think of because right. I just know him so much as a personality that I almost forgot about that goal. Um, especially because lately the Kevin B X goal that I've been thinking about is the one from the Ben Eager game. <laughs> um, but yeah. Obviously, the stanchion goal, like he has his name uh, written in written in history for 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 that. Yeah, and I, I can I can kind of, you know, I'm guilty of of forgetting about that sometimes. And I think some other people are guilty of it, too, actually, because they just remember they remember Burroughs or they remember the Boston goals or they remember Kessler versus Nashville. It's easy to forget. Bieksa versus San Jose was a uh, was pretty special as well. Yeah, for me, when I picture Bieksa, at least on the ice, uh, it's him coming in close in the power play from the point and hitting a top corner, like something about him on the power play. That's just what what the image is in my head. Uh, I know he wasn't like that powerful as a quarterback or anything like that, but he had what forty eight points in uh, one of these seasons. He had a couple of seasons where he had more. Than yeah, he had some real offensive chops. Um, no, the actually. This isn't on the ice, but the thing that I always remember about Kevin BX that no one else seems to is mm-hmm. the um, infamous between two Zambonis segment with Ryan Kessler. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't know that one. Can you take us through that a little bit? Okay, so obviously there's Zach Galifianakis's between two firms or whatever. Yes. And the Anaheim Ducks stole the concept and said mm-hmm. between two oh, Zambonis yeah. and got Ryan Kessler to interview his teammates. After they picked up... They picked, they picked Ryan Kessler for that, eh? I think so. It's maybe just, a rotator maybe it was just Kessler yeah. for Bieksa. yeah it's it's just weird because like I, I one of the clips I watched um which I'm not really going to mention because it wasn't that interesting was just like Bieksa interviewing Canucks players like a year ago maybe and yep. um and it's just like I would have thought that if you worked for like um Ducks PR that it would have been obvious to get him to be the guy to interview people because they started this before Bieksa was a duck though. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So then when Bieksa joined the Ducks, they got Kessler to interview him. And I think Bieksa's cell phone goes off during the interview. But the important thing is something about a cell phone comes up and and Kessler asks him, Oh, which which of your cell phones is that? Uh oh. Oh, And then they just both laugh it off. They don't think anything about it. <laughs> wow. And That's then, amazing. of course, they released this video. Everyone on Canucks Twitter, because we're still following our boys, catches on to it and is like, hold up. What do you mean by this? <laughs> That's really funny. And I mean, like, there is an innocent explanation for a professional athlete to have two cell phones. Absolutely. No. And, and, and I wouldn't like, but Ryan Kessler saying that yeah. does not come off. <laughs> oh, Hey, can I tell you guys my theory about, um, so obviously BX, uh, 
is nicknamed Juice, right? Yep. Do you guys know anything about that nickname? The like, two theories are that he really liked pineapple juice as a post-workout, and that one season his biceps just got massive, so everyone called him Juice. Oh, that's I interesting. Didn't, I didn't know the second one. Okay. okay. What's the other one? Oh, I mean, I, I knew about the one that he, he loves pineapple juice for some reason. Okay. I think that nickname stuck before. before so, the- like, I, I have a theory about this nickname. Okay. That I've never, I don't think I've ever discussed with anyone before today, so I'm going to get there. But why would someone love pineapple juice? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys are familiar with, like... Oh, yeah. The, so, yes. I mean, my guess has always been that this was probably a thing that came up early in his career and that it stuck because people thought it was funny that you know, he was drinking tons of pineapple juice, <laughs> you know, because of the reason that we all know that you would, that you would drink pineapple juice. Um, so that's my theory mm-hmm. um, because I, I really it, big shoes. Pineapple juice is what always comes up. And I'm always like uh, side eyeing it. Cause I'm like pineapple juice specifically. That's interesting. That's pretty sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never thought about that. I believe it. I buy it. I I'm convinced, that's like I'm so completely great. convinced that, that, that that's like, because other, I feel like any other nickname, you know, the origin of, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and with this one, it's like, Oh no, no one ever explained the origin of it, but it has something to do with pineapple juice. And it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah you're right but why pineapple juice totally totally normal thing to to make a nickname out of that that that'd be like if we called vias croutons (laughs) you'd think there'd be more to it than that you know um but anyways i mean notorious hockey players are notoriously uncreative when it comes to nicknames that is true i mean vias would be named croutons if we like we're on a adult senior c team man it it is so hard to um take like non-anglo names and shorten them into hockey names though because there's no like you can't just add er to the end of like like you can't do that with vias or you can't do it with saran like true yeah it's a tough one so speaking of uh nicknames though okay um the incident that there are a few incidents that i think of when i think of um kevin bx off ice incidents and to a lesser extent on ice incidents and hands down um the one that i wanted to talk about the most is the incident from i believe it was post game four of the 2012 playoffs where he was approached by let me get this name right um dan murphy i want to get the name right no sorry um Irfan Gafar. No, I don't, no. I, I'm not sure what Jackson's about to do here. Okay. Um, <laughs> when he was approached by Mike Dunsmore of Fox Sports, Dunsmore approached Bexa after game four of the uh, series against the Kings and said, hey, Ryan, uh, do you have a couple minutes to speak with Fox <sighs> about uh, your performance and the game and blah, blah, blah. And uh Kevin Bieksa gave a full three and a half minute interview to Fox Sports <laughs> as Ryan Kessler. Um oh, man. the audio still exists. Have you guys heard have you guys heard it? I have, but not since 2012. Okay, what about you, Vias? Have you heard I this? I haven't heard it. I I'll send it to you afterwards. I'm gonna have to discuss it uh now. I'll probably I will slap 
some of it in. I probably won't slap the entire thing. You won't slap uh, three minutes of it because in. it's three minutes long. But some highlights. Um, every opportunity he possibly gets, he talks about how much he loves America. Um, <laughs> so like he gets asked. What about, a great bit. He gets asked about um, uh, fans in Vancouver and he just immediately dismisses it and says, well, you know, we're down here in the States right now. And that, those, that's where the real hockey fans are. <laughs> and um, just like um, there's one question where he's just like, well, yeah, you know, um, I thought we played pretty good tonight and uh, I love the States. Um, <laughs> like just total like, non sequitur. Um, so that bit is great. I'm here with Ryan Kessler, the Vancouver Canucks. Ryan, talk to me about the atmosphere in that barn out there tonight. What was it like playing in front of this crowd in Los Angeles? Well, it was awesome, you know, for me. I'm an, I'm an American guy, and uh, growing up in Michigan, I I love playing in the States. So uh, i got a lot of family and friends here, and, I, you know, I won an Olympic medal for this country. Uh, I brought them a silver medal, so, um, you know, I usually get some ovations here. Now, you're going to be heading back to Vancouver for Game 5. The crowd up there, you know how people in Vancouver are. They're nuts about their hockey. They're insane about their hockey. If you guys lose in Game 5 on that ice, how are you going to be able to walk around the streets of Vancouver? Yeah, but you know what? I'm like I said, I'm an American, and I like playing in the states. So um, you know, the, the the fans in Canada are great, but you know, this is where the real hockey fans are, in my opinion. So uh, I love the states, and uh, this will always be home for me. Now, the momentum—that's a big thing. Do you guys have the momentum back after winning this game now tonight, Game Four? Oh, well, you know, like I said, the, the crowd was great here tonight. Uh, I can't say enough about playing in the states, and uh, it was a big win for us, and we're gonna feed off this. We'll go back to Canada. I'm sure the crowd won't be as good there, but hopefully we can get back to here and where the real crowd is. Like I said, growing up in Michigan, uh, I love the States. Cass, you're a beauty. Thanks very much, man. Thank you. Always a pleasure. America. God bless America. Another great bit is they ask him what his nickname is on the team, and he says, Guzzler. <laughs> <laughs> um, another great bit is they ask him about Ohio State, and he says, love the Buckeyes. Uh, I always thought the Bowling Green Falcons gave us a, a pretty hard time, but other than that, we were really dominant. The Bowling Green Falcons were, of course, the team that Biaxa played for for four years. And uh, yeah, there's some other good stuff in there as well. But um, the guy who's interviewing him has absolutely no idea that um, he's talking to the wrong guy and um, is is played like just totally played for a fool over the whole thing. And uh um, and then at the end, he just waves goodbye and says, God bless America. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, the, and the funny thing, too, is I looked uh, Mike Dunsmore up uh, to try to like see what he's done since. And I can't tell, but I just thought it was funny that I had more Twitter followers than him. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is like a professional like oh, sports guy. interviewer guy. And, uh, and I have more followers than him. So uh, I, that's that's pretty sad. Um, I have a feeling that that incident may have uh, caused trouble for him um, <laughs> for for quite a while afterwards. But I think what that is, is the reason why Kessler like had to go on that rehabilitation. Like, how much of a factor has he been in Kessler's bed? Yeah, that's a good that question. I mean, it, it's funny because like the two of them and Burroughs were really a unit on that team. Like, they were real. All yeah. three of them were very close with each other. But they, but like, Bieksa is also meaner to Ryan Kessler than probably like anyone in hockey. Like he just <laughs> makes fun of him so ruthlessly and he makes fun yeah, of everyone. Like uh, Sean Pronger, Kevin Bieksa, everyone else. Yeah. hundred percent. Or um, Chris Pronger. You mean fuck 
Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, a, doing the younger brother thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. There's yeah. a great other like Ducks PR video, or not PR, but like prank video he does where he dresses up as one of the ice staff. Like, I don't know how funny the bit is, but like he, yeah, starts, no, he starts pinching some of the players in their asses, and they're not sure <laughs> oh, why. Yeah. Like ice staff is like touching the back of their heads, and that's that's pretty funny. No, that's that's great. Like yeah. um, the the other uh, the other one that you know kind of goes without saying is the, funnily enough, I think the only time someone ever got the better of Kevin Bieksa was the infamous Vern Fiddler impression. Yeah, um, yeah. Bring that, game up, that is such a classic against the Dallas Stars. Do you guys remember that? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was uh, that was just one of the most beautiful. Like seeing Elaine Vigneault crack up that badly and just trying to hide his face with the clipboard and like just losing. It. Like we've all been there. You know, we've all had that you're, moment you're where we're where we're laughing inappropriately. <laughs> And we're trying really hard not to laugh and it just makes it worse. But most of us don't have it televised on national TV. Um, it is such a bad job hiding it, dude. I know it's so good. It's, it's one of the best, like just reactions. And um, it just, it just reminds me of like, you know, like I think three or four years ago, Rachel and I went to see um, the polar express at um, IMAX. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Which is like a, just a bizarre movie like one of the strangest movies if you haven't we're seen not it, we're oh, not doing another christmas movie we're, i know we're not, <laughs> I I'm, we're not but fucking it, god it's a fucking bizarre ass movie <laughs> okay. okay and um and i got high before i watched it and there's a scene where the, the santa sleigh comes in and it, it's carrying the santa's like giant bag underneath and it just straight up looks like testicles like it just <laughs> looks like a, a testicle like and then it grazes the tree and the and the like light falls off and I was high and I'm just losing my mind laughing at how much it looks like balls <laughs> in the in the theater with Rachel. And we're just like both like trying so hard not to laugh. And this is like if that incident happened to me and then there was like it was broadcast on national television um, because like, I, I don't know. It's just so relatable. Like I, I'm an, I laugh at inappropriate times all the time. So I was really, I really appreciated it. Um, and Vern and Fiddler's impression, like, isn't he, it's so over the top and it's like, I haven't even seen it. that it's so minimalist too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it in years and like this whole video, I haven't yeah, seen it in years yeah. and I'm cracking up at it. It's so good. It's one of my favorites. God, those um, Dallas jerseys were horrible. Yeah. I know. Well, Jackson, I know you're going to be busy for this whole no, stretch. Fine. Yeah, I need to do a Jersey episode. Fuck, if <laughs> with, you or, wanna... with or without you? No, if you want to do Elliot, you and me, let's get let's get like camouflage on. He's a good Jersey. Literally, yeah, he has do... a lot of Jersey opinions. Literally, do that without me because yeah. I have I have no interest, but I have a ton of interest in only having to edit an episode and not having to like. <laughs> talk for it so gotcha. yeah. that sounds great um yeah what else uh i was watching um a great like com- i would some some great like compilations of just funny canucks moments and um one one really one like underrated moment that i don't think really ever got any um press was it was after a game in um yeah uh, in like 2013 when the team was like starting to struggle and mm-hmm. IMAC 
um, just asks him, other than the Higgins, Kessler, Santorelli line, how do you think the team played? Because I guess that line must have had a really good game. And then BX is just like, well, I'm not really watching the lines like individual. Like, I don't I don't know how to answer that. Um, the they're they're like part of the team. Like, I, I don't I just don't I don't think of it that way or whatever. And then he just kind of pauses and he just looks at everybody and goes, what do you think? <laughs> how do you what do you what do you think it was like it's just so funny to see like a player do that and then uh and then imac is just like uh well you know i thought that uh, maybe <laughs> and then and then bx just like immediately interrupts him to just be like well you know that's wrong but anyways uh, like I can't, I can't remember like he's just very dismissive of it or whatever and then uh, and then somebody else says something right after and i can't remember what he says but uh but BX just goes, that is very low on my care o meter. <laughs> I could not possibly give less of a shit about that. And uh man, yeah, he was just a he was a great interview. And um, Okay, if we ever mm-hmm. get the luxury of having him on the show. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I would want to make sure because like, I was thinking about it like uh how our Dan Murphy episode went. Yeah, and that was very open-ended, like, hey, do you have stories for us? Yeah, totally. Whereas I feel like for you have to go one, in with having done your homework. Yeah, we gotta do the homework, not just like looking up looking up old stories and be like, Can you give us more context? Mm-hmm. But I wanna look at every game where like some really heavy trash talk was happening yeah. and BX was clearly in it, and just be like, show the video and be like, what was going on there? Like uh, yeah, yeah. We for a play-by-play breakdown, but it's about the trash talk. Yeah, that would be an excellent. Um, <laughs> yes. That would be an excellent segment for like for any kind of um, any kind of show that has like an an or a visual component to it. Mm-hmm. To just have him breaking down, like, what are you saying here? What's happening here? That would yeah. be that would yeah. be amazing. Um, yeah. Other highlights include the shots, 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 shots. Uh, oh yeah, that was from, like, great too. Like 2008 or nine to like 2013, uh, not a lot of people were paying. Like Canucks Twitter, Canucks social media, like it was big, but like not everybody was paying attention to it closely. Uh, or like it definitely wasn't league wide. Uh, but there's so much good content coming out of the Canucks locker room. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's true because I was going to mention another thing that I saw was a, just a compilation that someone someone on on uh, YouTube n- named May Ray's Girl, uh, <laughs> just fucking <Hell> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> on, uh, that's great. Someone on, someone on YouTube named May Context, Ray's Girl, Elliot. <laughs> Oh, just okay. that is really funny. That is Mason Raymond. No, yeah, no, it's especially funny. like pre skincare god Mason Raymond era. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a uh, it's just a compilation of like funny Canucks moments, uh, and uh, of course, like pretty much all the funniest ones involve Kevin Bieksa in some way. And uh, one thing that he like that's like a recurring thing over it is him and Mason Raymond's hair. And I'm not like a hundred percent sure what's um, what's going on there, but like it seems like he's very irritated by the fact that Mason Raymond doesn't do anything with his hair. <laughs> and um, there's like one clip where he's giving an interview, and um, he he just like it starts brushing Mason Raymond's hair while he's giving the interview. <laughs> and then there's another one where they're interviewing Bieksa and Raymond at the same time about past players and. BX just keeps talking about their hair. 
<laughs> so, like they talk about they start talking about uh marcus nasland and there's like oh yeah and there was nasland and he was blah 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 blah, blah. and then kevin bx is like yeah and he had great hair like just long luscious blonde locks you know and he didn't really have to do that much with it but like it's just like why are you talking about this uh, it was great i don't know yeah he he was there, uh, there was another awesome one where it's a wonderful character it's it's him and Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Like they're there to give a message or something, and yeah. Burroughs delivers it. <laughs> and then BX is like, "All right, now in English." <laughs> yeah, that's great. Burroughs was speaking English the whole time. Yes, and another another one where where he uh, where he says we should invest in a translator for Alex Burroughs. I can't remember <laughs> what the context for it was, but yeah, he liked to make fun of Alex Burroughs for being French, which is great. We're here for it. Definitely endorse that. And another. Um, good Alex Burroughs story is he um, there's a clip of him ta- talking to Alex Burroughs and he talks about Burroughs having his first daughter or uh, yeah, having his first daughter. And he just says, how do you feel about that? After creating <laughs> comments about women you've made over the years, <laughs> uh, which is just great. I've totally forgot about that one. Yeah. That was, that was one of the best trips I've Absolutely. ever seen. Absolutely. Just, just fantastic. Like, <laughs> And and this was a, a thing that this is kind of a thing that that I think like um, that I kind of appreciate about Kevin BX and hopefully, you know, don't, don't want to project too much because I have to be I have to be honest, like BX is probably one of only like two or three. Probably it's probably just him and Hank and Danny that I like struggle to actually talk about objectively because BX is the only BX is the only player whose jersey i have um okay probably the only jersey i ever will have um i it was bought to me bought for me by um by a a, a friend of mine who i've actually uh mentioned or like alluded to on the show before who kind of helped me get back into hockey when i first moved out um and uh but like there is a thing with him where kind of what i like about him is very similar to the discussion that we had about um the Sidians with Tyler Shipley, like somebody who shares your values. And I feel like BXA in a funny sort of way, like uh, shared, shared a different type of my values from the Sidians, but still my values in the sense of like, he's very irreverent. He seems to be very aware of the fact that hockey is kind of stupid and that a lot of people in mm-hmm. hockey are kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one, uh, a great clip I saw of him uh, after the like Babcock and Bill Peters stuff. And um, he, and in typical BX of fashion, like he was, he, he was being fairly eloquent about it. And he was talking about how, like, uh, you know, the sort of standard, like things need to change. People need to be more educated. The world's different from how it used to be or whatever. But one of the things that he said was, you know, believe it or not, coaches are not all smart. Um, a lot of them are actually pretty stupid. <laughs> and that was just like, uh, that's great. Like no one in hockey talks. No one like else that. in hockey will say that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it was great. Um, I did want to, as we, as we approach the, the real incident here, which we will discuss for a, a brief moment, there isn't really that much to say about it. Um, I wanted to read the 2003, 2004 Manitoba moose roster. 
Um, oh man, that, oh, I'm excited for that this. That BXA made his <laughs> debut on. I, um, I just before we go, I know yeah. I, I hate to be like, oh, I wanted to add on something to what you're no, just talking about. No worries. But one of my favorite things, uh, in terms of like values wise, because I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying. No, that's is, great. I just, I did, ju- I just knew you guys were, would be excited about the Manitoba Moose thing, so I wanted oh, to get yeah. it out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I've knit my eyes just like I've <laughs> I got some bad sleep last night and I'm suddenly very awake. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't stand people who, even in very serious situations, still can't have a sense of humor about things. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. I think you can do it in a respectful way that that uh, that gives credit to whatever the context is. Yes. But still, like, <clears throat> there's a limit on how seriously you can take something. Sometimes Bexa just does that, and he wears that on his sleeve. Um, um, even for a guy who, like, I can barely imagine smiling sometimes, like, yes, uh, so straight facedly. Uh, he's just so funny, and I appreciate, like, like what you said. I appreciate how seriously he takes hockey, uh, mm-hmm. which is just right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he takes hockey exactly as seriously like he knows as a game should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I'm so excited to see wherever else he goes with this. Me too. I think it. I think the sky's. I think the sky's the limit. So, who wants to take a guess? Who led the man the two thousand and three oh four Manitoba Manitoba Moose in scoring with fifty eight points in seventy three games? Seventy three games. Okay, that can't be Jason King. No. Okay, one sec. Was it? I think Jason King is a few years later. Well, oh two oh three or four was the year that he showed up for like 12 or 13 games. Okay. Yep. That okay. sounds, that okay. sounds right. Yeah. No, that does sound right because Jason King, I will, he was on this team and he put up very good numbers, but he only played in 29 games. He had 23 points in right. 29 games. So I'm assuming he spent a good chunk of the year up with the Canucks probably. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Mike Keen. Nope. Shit. You're going to each get one guess. You want, you want to take okay. a guess, Elliot? Um, the only person I can think of is Ryan Kessler, although I know that's almost definitely not right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a little too, a uh, little too early to be Ryan Kessler. Brandon Reed. Fuck yes. Short King. Absolutely. Okay. Opening his name up again. Yeah. Uh, standing at five foot eight. That's right. God bless. Brandon Reed. One of the rare, like, like <clears throat> that was a good draft pick taking Brandon Reed in the like seventh round. Um, Cause he was a good, he was a like high upside short player who had a really long, and productive AHL career. So like no, uh, yeah, no smoke there. Like that was a, that was a good, a good pick. And it just, you know, sometimes those don't, um, don't pan out. Do you want me to read the whole roster or should I just pick out the interesting ones? I can, I can run through it really fast here if you want. Uh, I have it open up here too, but, uh, I don't want, it's, it's a bummer when you, you know, know, I didn't actually look at it. I just saw the top. It's more fun when you don't, don't look through when you, when it's like a surprise, right? Okay. So Brandon Reed, Pat Kavanaugh, Fedor Fedorov, of course, number three, uh, Yaroslav Obsut, <laughs> Justin, yeah, uh, Justin Morrison, <laughs> hey, Justin Morrison, <laughs> friend of the show, friend of the show, Justin Morrison, um, uh, Sean Pronger, uh, Kirill Koltsov, who is a oh. favorite of mine because he was still being included in Canucks training camp rosters up until like a few years ago for due to like a clerical error. Um, like I remember posts um, from like 2015, 2016, where they would be like, and also on the training camp roster, 
Kirill Koltsov for some reason, <laughs> who is 35 and playing in the KHL. Okay, he would that's just hilarious. be on the list. Yeah. I'm surprised he's like as young as he as that is, because like he's still an a UFA in the KHL. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Second round uh, pick in 2002. All right. That's right. Jimmy Roy. Uh Nolan Baumgartner, of course. Oh yeah. Uh Tyler Bouk. You guys remember the, <laughs> absolutely remember that? Uh, does does Nolan Baum fans call into the show? Does yeah. Nolan Baumgartner deserve his own episode? He has been with the Canucks for a long time. Yeah, he just he, he's just a guy who deserves recognition for being like the Forrest Gump of the last twenty years of Canucks yeah. hockey. Like he's just he's constantly in the, ring in the background. That's Absolutely, sure. yeah. yeah. He, he might be like the platonic <laughs> ideal of remembering a guy. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Um, Certainly in, in Vancouver Canucks, anyways. Uh, Ryan Reddy or Reedy. Um, Jason King, of course, as mentioned before. Uh, up next, King. Up next, we have some, uh, some, just some names, some true guys here. Nathan Smith. Ooh. First round, first round pick, right? Uh, Nathan Smith was a first round pick. Yep. Yeah. God. Thomas Mojis and Brandon Nolan. Um, Brandon Nolan was on the team? That's right. Yeah, he was, was at one. this point. Yeah. So um, then we've got a run of names that I don't really know. Miko Yokola, Peter Sarno, who would uh, lead the lead the team in points the following year, which is, is that P E T R, by the way. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, it's P P E. Sorry, it's P E T E R. Sorry. Okay. No, okay. I'm wrong. Um, Rene Vidirani, uh, Chris Nielsen, Ryan Kessler, Martin Grenier. Uh, next up, <laughs> this is an amazing find. Dallas Akins played 64 games <laughs> for the uh, for the Manitoba Moose and um, was actually, uh, I believe, Henrik Sedin's roommate in his rookie year. Um, oh, poor guy! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm you, sure. I'm sure I've I'm sure I've told the story on this show before, but he's not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think you actually have, and I think there's like a very good legal reason why you haven't yeah. told that story, and yeah. we'll just leave it at that. We'll leave um, it at that. <laughs> I, I believe you may not actually legally be allowed to tell that story. I, mean, so. I that's the one that I'm, I'm like, yeah, I probably can't do that. One. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Sergey Varlamov. Don't know who that is. Chris Saint Croix. Kevin Bieksa, Tyler Moss. Hey, totally uh, unrelated. I used yep. to work for a place that dealt with uh, trying to clear criminal records. Oh, anyways, go on, go on. <laughs> okay, yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's fun. We should talk about that sometime for unrelated reasons. Um, sure. Sylvain Bluin. <laughs> what's <a> good name? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> um, Jesse Schultz, Paul Cabana, Jason LaHue, Tim Smith, and. Among the no pointers with two games played, zero points, zero goals, zero assists, uh, plus minus of zero, zero penalty minutes. Stayed it's Alexander Burroughs. Stayed out of the box. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Wade Brookbank also played four games for the Manitoba Moose. And he then. Was always the first person I write for the Sedin's goal. <laughs> Uh, like person that they both uh, assisted on. That rocks. Yeah. Um, Zenith San Jose and Zenith Komarniski, which is one of my favorite. Komenarsky. That is a dope name. Is it Komarniski? Zenith. Uh, yeah. Komarniski. Komarniski, from what I can tell. Yeah. Zenith Komarniski. And then okay. this is this is just the best. 
Um, I mentioned Tyler Moss uh, was the uh, already because he had a point as a goalie. He had Moss girl goals. summer, baby. But he was the uh, yeah, he was the backup goalie this year. The starting goalie with um, a goals against of 2.55 and a save percentage of 0.915 is, of course, Alex Ald. Um, and then a guy who I, I remember that I feel like no one else will remember. Rob McVicker played mm. 10 10 games as a backup um, and with two games played two penalty minutes of yeah two penalty minutes a goals against a 4.32 and a save percentage of 0.883 it's Johan Hedberg (laughs) (laughs) my fucking white whale is finding that song which is the, both, only, the only thing I remember about all I remember from the song is even the coach will take a shot at you when you're Johan Hedberg. I am going to, we need to put out a bounty for that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's our number? 10 bucks. No, <laughs> honestly, I'll, I will say, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. I will pay someone $50 to buy yes. that song. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. We'll do it. Yeah, you split oh, it with yeah. me, twenty five yeah. bucks each. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. make it something awkward. It, yeah, and even and yeah. even whatever you know, yeah. you know. I even will, none I, of us can do math. I will literally, <laughs> honestly. Better yet, if you find me that song, you can just be a guest on the show about the chance to find. <laughs> Absolutely, it. we'll just do a whole episode on you finding that song because, holy <laughs> fuck, man! Like, I I remember all the. Like you can find all the other ones, you know, and there are a, f- a few. I had no trouble finding Trapper's Delight. I oh had yeah, no, those were uh, easy. Oh yeah, no but trouble. Those came later. Those finding, came way later. But yeah. I had no trouble finding Burray Burray either. Um, wow. and there, there's even other ones too. And but but the Johan I mean, this might Hedberg be a, kind of far out there, but I mean, yeah. I guess Pavel Burray is a bit more famous of a hockey player than Johan Hedberg. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But <laughs> anyways. Pavel um, Bure was not involved in the Chris Levesque story. <laughs> exactly. Has Pavel Bure been featured on a Chell Dude novelty display name? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also just want to throw out here, like I was, I accidentally, Premium. Premium. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I accidentally pulled up the next year's roster by accident first, thinking that it was from, uh, that's this where year. Mike Keen is. No, and um, yeah, there's some, there's no. some good names on here too. Like it was nice to see Rick Rippon's name there. Uh, Wade Flaherty playing in net was also fun. Was Wade Flaherty the guy that we spent so long worrying about whether we could call him up? Cause he might get, uh, that's like, right. Yeah. Off the waivers. Yeah. That's right. God. Goalie uh, graveyard, man. Jason Jaffrey. Uh, was on that team as well, which is just another name that gives me yeah. Um, yeah. gives me ASMR. Uh, Josh Green and but number one, no question. Uh, my favorite thing to see was at number two in scoring on the 0405 Manitoba Moose was scoring Lee Gorin, and I was just like, <laughs> ah, that's great. <laughs> fucking love. Fucking just so happy to see that name anywhere. Um, but anyways, that's a that's enough time on the on the rosters. I will get to. The story itself that we're talking about, probably like it's up there with um, with like Artem Chubarov's car in terms of like folk legends. But the difference is that this one is 100 percent like we know it's real and it, and articles have been written about it and it's been discussed. And so uh, I was able to find a brief 
uh, article from ESPN on on the subject that we can use as a jumping off point here. Probably not a ton to say about it, but uh, still worthwhile. Anyways, it's called The Punch That Led Kevin Biaxa to Canucks. It's by Pierre Lebrun. Uh, and to think it was a punch in Winnipeg in a Winnipeg parking lot that helped get playoff hero Kevin Bieksa his first pro contract with the Vancouver Canucks. What you say? Enter former Canucks. What? G- <laughs> what? <laughs> Enter former Canucks GM Brian Burke, who on Tuesday recounted DSPN.com the story of Bieksa and the Canucks, which began in Winnipeg near the end of the 0304 season. He played his first four years at Bowling Green. They were eliminated from the playoffs, and we brought him to Manitoba on a PTO, Burke said. One night, after a game in Winnipeg... Paul Winnipeg, Thomas Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. Um, one night after a game in Winnipeg, uh, in which I don't think he played, they went to a local establishment. Fedor Fedorov was sitting at a table, and Bieksa walked by the table, bumped him by accident, and spilled Fedorov's beer. Bieksa apologized and offered to buy and offered to buy another beer. So Bieksa tells a different I'm sure version. sure he did that sincerely. <laughs> of this story. No. Uh, Bieksa tells a different version of this story and uh, that I actually think is more probably okay. more accurate. Um okay. where cuz I found I found two different articles and this is the one I went with because they're basically like the same, you know, and I right. just thought like Bert it's funnier to get Burke's take on it because Bieksa Bieksa funnily enough so much to say about other people and making fun of other people. But then when you ask him about himself, he doesn't necessarily have that much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he said that he accidentally flicked his straw at their at Fedorov's table and it hit what he referred to as some other small Russian guy who um, I deduced had to have been Kirill, Kirill. Koltsov because yeah. he was the only Rush- other Russian on the team. Um And he said that it was a like it kind of snowballed from there where there was like a misunderstanding. And he was like, they thought I did it on purpose and I didn't. And I tried to explain that I didn't, but they weren't they didn't they weren't having it. Right. So. According to Burke, Fedorov was in no mood for the apology from the unknown rookie and challenged him to a fight outside. Bieksa again tried to defuse the situation, according to Burke, but Fedorov wanted to fight. So they go outside. Fedor was a big guy. He was a lot bigger than his brother, Sergey, said Burke. Then Fedor comes in and Bieksa drills him with one punch, knocks him stone cold and cut wide open and leaves him lying on the pavement. Burke said Bieksa figured he was done with the Canucks organization and we would be sent home the next day. Send him home, I said. We're going to sign him tomorrow, said Burke, whose affinity, who, it says, whose affinity for truculence is well established. <laughs> uh Bieksa played 80 games with the Moose the following season before graduating to the Canucks in 05-06. I am going to quickly find um, what Bieksa had to say about it just for the hell of it. Okay. Um, because that was also kind of... Uh, the, it, it's it's interesting to get two versions of the story. Um, and uh, it starts here with... This is unfortunately from his opi- appearance on Spit and Tricklets, but whatever. Um, I, no one's ever gotten mad about people being on that show anyway. So um, I never talked about it for years and years and years because this is not ex- a good example to be telling kids in the media, BX has said. Um, 
with the team hanging out at the Earl's restaurant in Winnipeg. Oh, that's an, that is, yeah, a, I was going to say, I thought it was an Earl's restaurant, but I didn't want to bring it up without a source. That is a detail that like, what? absolutely so much flavor to the story. So much flavor. Oh God, yeah. guys. <laughs> that rocks. I, mean, I guess an Earl's in 2004 or five is very different than, and in Manitoba, like, I didn't know they were east of BC. Yeah, me neither. They started in BC, but they've expanded. I got to say, if you're in like Regina or like Manitoba or something, Earl's is not a bad option. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Especially if you're a hockey team and you need to find like something that everyone's going to like. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is the thing. Honestly, like you, you, um, you can shit talk Earl's, but the thing about Earl's is that there is literally one thing on the menu that will be good to someone. And that's yeah. why it's a successful yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Um, I don't think they have it anymore, but I always used to get the pizza with uh, pesto and shrimp. Oh, hell yeah, man. Me too. Sun-dried tomatoes. Cause that, that is pretty fucking good. Um, the incident began with BX playing with his straw before it flew out and hit someone. He only described as this other little Russian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cold um, soft is pretty small. A big misunderstanding led to the Russian confronting, Bieksa, who didn't back down. That's when Fedor Fedorov, a talented six foot three center, stepped in. Bieksa says Fedorov asked him to step outside, and the rugged defenseman obliged. In minus 20 degree weather, Bieksa says he fought both Russians before connecting with a haymaker that left Fedorov bloodied in the snow. Um, following Oof. the incident, Bieksa was justifiably worried about his future with the organization. So then Brian Burke finds out who was the GM of Vancouver at the time. And I'm scared called my dad. And I'm like, dad, I messed up. They're going to send me home. <laughs> Turns out it was a good career move because Burke heard the story and loved it. Berkey calls and he's like, we're going to sign you to an entry level deal. <laughs> um, the uh, there's a lot of things I, I love about this story, but the, the one thing that I can't help, but um, think about is, one of the, the very first video I watched in this compilation before we did the episode was a supercut of every Kevin BX's Superman punch. Yeah, and I so I yeah. can't <laughs> help but picture that being that's how it went down. Did. Like I, it probably wasn't, but man, uh, what a way to like to it, what, what a way for your career to start when you're not known as a fighter. Like it's very it's very much just an old timey way that a lot of hockey players probably got their start. And I think that's the other thing I like about Bieksa is that like there was always this um it's not so much of a thing anymore because like we know more about fighting now. I've moved away from fighting and I'm not mm-hmm. like a big fan of it anymore. It's also just not as good as it used to be. Like, let's be real. Fighting used to be a lot more fun to watch than it is now. Fighting was um, good when good players fought. It was bad when bad players fought. I don't think well, it's that complicated exactly Mm. and that was the that was the thing that i was going to say was that what was so great about bxa was that he didn't actually fight that much but when he did he usually won because he was really fucking good at it it's it's totally like he's such an easy guy to root for because yeah he's he's the guy i can't like it's like a movie character who he's like he's getting egged on he's like dude don't don't do it you don't want to do this and then he knocks you out (laughs) like reluctantly I um I've been just living in uh I've been living in Jackson McDonald's pleasure paradise for the past like week just not you know end of um end of the year just no deciding no obligations I'm just going to smoke weed and and drink and eat and watch like old movies or whatever and so on New Year's uh Eve and then New Year's Day I watched all the back to the future movies mm-hmm. and um 
Kevin Bieksa, like his whole like attitude towards fighting kind of reminds me of Marty McFly being like, uh, you know, nobody calls me chicken, you know, like just like <laughs> the guy who doesn't want to, to to misbehave. But then someone just like gets under his skin by, uh, you know, by calling him out or whatever. And then before you know it, you're like um, driving a hoverboard across the water or whatever. Um, uh, he's a. He's a wonderful man, and uh, I miss having him in the league, but I think ultimately it's probably going to be even better to have him on the broadcast. So this was a fun one. I liked this yeah. one a lot. Um, Always good to go back down this memory lane. Yeah, I think that's probably good for this one. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and stay tuned for next month when you are going to get to hear about another fan favorite, or rather somebody who should have been a fan favorite, but was somebody that the fans had a lot of opinions about. Yeah. All right. Somebody that should have been on the top three, not just the top six. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Good night.